Hello and welcome to the Three Plane Sports Podcast. Just three plane guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan, joined by two guys whose asses I'll be able to kick in person this week. First, making inappropriate excuses to watch the selection show at work when he's not filling out his women's tournament bracket with UConn winning, of course. Twitter manager and cat dad, Colin. Good evening. Finally, personally giving Bill Self mouth-to-mouth, Kevin McCullough, jersey owner and president of the Fran Fraschilla fan club, Sam. (laughs) Thank you, Dylan. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday, March 12th, that is Selection Sunday, so this is going to be a big March Madness preview episode for us, but before we get into that, I do have some pregame items that are not basketball related, just to get us kind of through the week here. So, first one, uh, who do I want to throw this at? Sam, when's the last time you've had something to brag about in your personal life at work? Oh, uh... (laughs) <laughs> not applicable <laughs> well uh a certain czech yeah, as in the czech republic uh, electrician from the czech republic will have uh all of the bragging rights when he goes back to work after the world baseball classic because he struck out japan's and uh the la angels very own shohei otani in the world baseball classic that's pretty sweet. I, I have nothing near that uh, near that level to gloat about. That's yeah. So like, sure. imagine, you know, you know, uh, striking out a former MVP and then you know going to work, and being able to brag about that. You're some fucking electrician who gets to play baseball a few weekends a, a year, uh, you know, because you happen to be the best pitcher in your little Central European country. He played. He, he tried to qualify to come to Williamsport about a decade and a half ago. Is that legit, or are you just making? Oh fun no, of? I'm just making fun oh. of all because they all go through the the stuff for that. So just assume he must have been good 15 years ago to be able to try and throw some strikes. Yeah, my boss put together like because like the national baseball, the NBC, like the national baseball championship is in uh, Wichita, or at least has been for quite a while. And my boss played college baseball, and he like put together several teams like after he was done playing college baseball. One of the years he was one of the guys who got to play against um oh when um Roger Clements put together that team of like long, long retired major leaguers. And I think he got a hit off of him is what he told me at least, you know. So that's kinda cool. But moving forward, uh athlete, world class athlete, Chase Elliott. Hurt his leg snowboarding and missed today's NASCAR race at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. You know how he wouldn't have been able to hurt his leg? Driving. Eh, get to a crash. That, so being untalented at your actually sport. that might just actually that might just hurt his neck if you ask uh, Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> if he's asking uh, Dale, it's too late. <laughs> do you think he I think he like woke up from his uh snowboarding accident and saw like dale Earnhardt reaching out his hand like hey buddy <laughs> come on let's go just oh fuck <laughs> damn it um and then uh, a couple a couple little football items so uh, georgia football nine has had nine players arrested since winning a national championship kirby smart mentions that it's not a culture problem thoughts how many of them are just pi uh, I don't know. Oh, shit, that's a good point, because wasn't uh, Stetson, Stetson Bennett, Bennett, Bennett yeah, yeah. I mean, public intoxication? Oh, no, <laughs> he celebrated too hard after doing what's going to be the biggest accomplishment of his life. Like, 
uh, you know, outside of Jalen Carter, I don't know what the other ones are. But if they're PIs, oh, boo-hoo. I did not look any further into that quote. <laughs> well, if then, it, yeah, if it's PIs, that means you need to go to Georgia to win titles and get drunk as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, when's the last time you've had something to to celebrate and drink that hard, Colin? Uh, that's just called lunch break. No. Uh, <laughs> what, I had uh, seven and a half beers yesterday during that wedding. Get arrested the, on the get arrested on the walk back to the walk back to the liquor store. Do that, do you, <laughs> stumbling out on the main street. <laughs> See, most you, people get arrested when they're drunk, stumbling to the liquor store to buy more alcohol. Well, I guess you would be drunk and stumbling back towards the liquor store, also. Yeah, I'm just you know I got it down. I know and, the walk. And finally, something that I, I was absolutely surprised, not at all, to read. I knew this in my core. Minnesota Vikings ranked number one in an NFL player, I think it was an NFLPA study of uh, football facilities, staff, and overall treatment of players. Vikings scored the most points, ranked number one. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have a nice program to build a mediocre. Uh, overrated football team apparently yeah everybody give yourself a good firm pat on the back dylan i'm 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 happy for you that you get to root for a team with such a great culture to sort of blend in with their incredibly mediocre results on the field that's i don't well here's the thing i don't remember what the rest of the rankings were i know like the dolphins were up there and the raiders were like two and three i think the bears were like towards the bottom the very bottom the bears had if i'm remembering right they had like some bad scores in terms of like players did not think that ownership uh, was like inclined to spend on the facilities, but I think that they did think that like the coaching staff was pretty good. Oh, uh, except actually they had some stuff about practicing the players too hard. And we had some violations quote unquote last off season about that. So that doesn't shock me. Uh, here's one of those. So like, um, Lambeau Field, right? You could never, you could never demolish and rebuild Lambeau Field because of what it represents, right? Like, like we're in agreement there. Like, they're, the Packers are always going to play at Lambeau unless it gets condemned or goes down in a tornado, right? Pretty much, yeah. But I am rooting for that tornado. Uh, what do you is does Soldier Field hold that same cachet, or do you think they're just doing it because Chicago is a hard city to build in now? It it definitely does not have quite the same air to it that Lambeau Field does. I think the Bears are pretty legitimate in their desire to get that uh, fancy new stadium built in Arlington Heights. I think people would like to see it stay at Soldier Field because it is it's, it's a very cool location. It's basically right there on the lake. It is a somewhat historical stadium. They have renovated it to some degree, but it's still not fantastic in terms of nfl stadiums it's a total pain in the ass for fans to like navigate to and from um so there there's definitely some mixed opinions a lot of people you know are just kind of rooted in in traditionalism and want to stay at at soldier because a you know cool name be good location uh see history and all of that but there's there's some mixed feelings and some pros and cons for sure i could see us going to arlington heights i could see that happening do the free Chicago tourism trolleys go to Soldier Field on game days? I don't. I I wish I was like enough of a Chicagoist at heart to be able to tell you that for sure, but I don't believe they do. I know that uh, it's it's a nice, convenient way to get to like U.S. or sorry, guaranteed rate field for a White Sox game. <laughs> you would you would think 
you know, you'd think that it's a good way to get around, but I have this, uh, I have this memory as a child going with my parents to vacation in Chicago. You know, you do all the things, you go to the pier. We knew a guy with a boat. So we went on the boat, watched the uh, fireworks and stuff, you know, went by Soldier Field. There's like the, I think it was the aquarium that's way out by the pier. It's like right up, right there on the water. And we either went through it real quick or we decided we walked to it and decided we weren't going to do it. And so we stop and wait by the trolley stop. And then the trolley driver comes by when these, these aren't trolleys. These are just buses that are designed to look like trolleys. Um, the, the bus driver like stops and there's obviously room on this trolley. Like there are obviously empty seats. We try to get it on. He says, sorry, there's no more room. And then like, okay, well, when does the next one come? Well, if another one doesn't come, then nothing's coming. It's like, uh, like if something doesn't come in the next 20 minutes, then you're out of luck. And he just drove off. And so we walked like several miles into town to the Sears tower Nice. And like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you about the public transit situation up there, but I do hope you had numerous different pizzas, uh, pizza offerings. While you uh, Giordano's, I remember. Yeah, they're, they're historic. They're honestly, and, and this, this is where we're going to start getting into the whole, the whole local shit. They are honestly not, like, in terms of quality, really up there at the level they rank in terms of like notoriety so i mean this is also get like back 15 up to years ago yeah oh, I, I know and i mean you did well by yourself <laughs> you had giordano's but uh there's there's plenty more plenty better to check out forever up there I, uh, I would like to go see a vikings bears game at soldier field someday yeah you could get me on board for that for sure yeah uh, okay, so let's move on from the pregame into slow pitch, fast pitch, where I give each of these guys takes. Uh, the slow pitch is supposed to be an easy take, easy buy, whereas the fast pitch should be a hot take. And this year, this uh, week, I have actually good takes surrounding March Madness. So let's start with the slow pitch. Uh, this one's pretty easy, I think. March Madness is the best multi-day sporting event of the year. Prove me wrong or agree with me, Sam. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you. I would say this is probably the slowest slow pitch that has been pitched on this podcast, <laughs> and I, I'm happy to knock it out of the park. This take is a Dewan Harris, buttery soft alley-oop, just sitting above the rim ready for me to mash down. Fuck yes, March Madness is the best time, the best multi-day sports event of the year. Pretty much any way you want to qualify it, March Madness comes out at the top of any list. It doesn't get any better. Single elimination, anything can happen. We've seen a 16 beat a 1. We've been seeing 15 seeds in the Sweet 16 recently. It's just so much damn fun. There's constant action for the whole first weekend, four straight days, and then you get to go back and do it again the next weekend, and you get the Final Four and Championship from there. It, it really doesn't get much more fun, much more exciting than March Madness, so hell yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, you look at other multi-day quote-unquote sports events, you have the World Series, which is a big deal, but it's it's not the same because you have so, such long, even when they have the, the back-to-back or the you know, back-to-back days with games, it's just, uh, there's a lot of waiting time and there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, which is cool, but there's something about sitting there and having, in our case, four TVs going with beer and pizza and nothing else to do uh, and, and having these announcers that, you know, this is all they really announce that we're going to hear throughout the year. And you get to hear some interesting people with interesting takes on college basketball and hear about what they do in their free time because there's a lot of downtime on some of these games that are very... Uh, lopsided let's call it and it's just a very very unique experience that i don't think we see in any other way colin what are your thoughts oh i easily agree the only thing that comes close and it's still a far second is the little league world series 
which is just a fine event in its own right. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's one of those where what other event do you take multiple days off for work or, you know, schedule vasectomies for? <laughs> like, there's not another sporting event that is consecutive. I, and that's the thing. I think the World Cup, one, isn't yearly, so that obviously disqualifies it. But even when it comes around, even like it just doesn't, not every day ha- may mean much. That first weekend of March Madness is significantly the best event out there, especially on a year-to-year basis. There's nothing that comes close. Weirdly enough, I think my second place is like, and, and it, it's more of, I like the idea of it rather than actually doing it, but uh, my second place is probably the Masters. Ah, no, golf does not do it for me. Uh, you could, just only you, the Masters does it for me, though. You could only the say... New Year's Eve and New Year's Day for college football, which uh, isn't a singular event, though. Like, you know, those are not – not all those games are correlated, so. The whole season has lost its luster on me. Oh, yeah. Two Cheez-It Bowls. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> Never forget. Uh, okay, so that's pretty easy buy. Uh, and then we'll move on to the fast pitch. This is supposed to be the hot take, and I'm actually kind of rehashing – a previous hot take that uh, previous fast pitch that is topical again. Uh, and I'm going to say KU basketball still not making it past the second round. Colin. So I, I'm torn here after the brackets actually come out. I mean, Sam's just biting his lip ready to fucking talk, but there's only one way they don't make it to the second weekend. And that is through Arkansas. Absolutely. And, but I think I think there's a good chance they make it to the second weekend with the bracket. Does it really matter about if they're actually that good? Meh. They're not even the number one overall seed. What bums. Um, but they got thrown into a really fucking tough uh, side. The West is stacked. West is outside wild. Of, outside of Arkansas, I, I, I highly doubt uh, Howard's going to UMBC their asses. Howard got lucky as shit to make it to the tournament. Um, Illinois is a very wishy-washy team. I think the key to beating KU is to be a good three-point shooting team, uh, good guard play, and Arkansas has at least the guard play. Like they, they were, you know, floating around top ten for a bit of the year. That's the only way they don't make it through, I, in my opinion. So before we get, I will let Sam say his piece. Don't worry. But before I get there, I want to put my reasoning behind this. So I sent this again to Colin last night before any of the selection show thinking, okay, we'll get Sam a little riled up. uh, But also I think it could be a legitimate take because March Madness, anything could happen. Uh, And then I started thinking about it during the selection show. I'm like, oh shit. Like I kind of didn't think about who they might draw, you know, in, in that second round. So maybe I should change this take and send Colin something new. Nope. Didn't have to because that Arkansas that Arkansas Illinois eight nine game, like Colin said, at one point Arkansas seemed to us like a ten a top ten level team, and that's still in them somewhere. Uh, obviously, the season hasn't gone exactly as they've expected it to, and they haven't had all the success they've wanted. But that top ten talent and that top ten team still resides somewhere in there. Um, like Colin said, I think Illinois. I think that Arkansas Illinois is going to be one of the easier eight nine games uh, for Arkansas. 
and I, I think they easily move on to that second round where they will give Kansas an absolute run for their money somewhere along the lines of what Creighton did against Kansas last year in the first half of that game. Well, I, I think it's funny. I'll just start I assume and I'm over here chomping in the bit trying to get some words in. I'm not I'm not gonna get fired up about y'all spewing more bullshit about the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team. It's been going on all year. I'd have been surprised if I didn't hear any first weekend upset talk. I know Colin was was saying yesterday that Iona was gonna wax us. Like I you know, I hear this shit all the time. Um <laughs> uh, I'm not so worried about it. I agree. I think Arkansas is like kind of a, a respectable team. They're a tough matchup. They got a lot of recruiting talent. They've got athletes. They've got size. It, it's far from a guarantee. And I've been saying, like, I despite standing behind thinking KU is a really good team, like nothing is guaranteed. You're playing against a good team by the second round of the tournament. I mean, it's very possible we would lose to an eight or a nine. I sure as hell wouldn't bet on it. We're going to be the better coach team. We're probably going to have you know, at least comparable talent to Arkansas in terms of like recruiting stars and all that. And then obviously current production, if you're, you're going to count like Jalen Wilson's a national player of the year candidate and Arkansas really doesn't have a guy quite on that level. Um, I think that one way or the other, the takes that we heard from you guys throughout the year on KU, oh, they're a fraud. Oh, they're not going to be, <laughs> they're not going to be an elite eight quality team, if we're, which we were measuring based on are they going to be a top two seed, which they damn near always are, and they of course are again. I will say, obviously, you guys are right. The West is stacked. Um, they have UCLA as the two seed if we get that far. Um, who I have a lot of respect for. Obviously, they've got some very experienced, um, battle-tested players just like we do, so they're never going to be an easy out. But, uh, I mean, KU's just, they, they've done it again, man. I feel good about it. The, the team is good enough to match up with anyone on any given night. Some of the toughest, like, Texas is the kind of team that profiles to beat us, which is why they've done it twice. We still have been able to take a game from them. There's really nobody in the country that I feel like we can't beat. It's just a matter of going out there and doing it. Um, I'm excited to see what they have in them, but I'm not not really sweating the first weekend exit. And if it comes to be, I know you guys are going to rip me a new one, but I'm really not going to be sitting here that devastated about it because that's the nature of the beast. KU has more tournament wins in like the last 10-plus years than any other program because they get there every year and they play well. Sometimes you're going to go out early. If it happens, so be it. You know, uh, you're mentioning being a one-two seed. I I just think being a number, obviously being a number one seed, taking on that 16 seed in the the first weekend makes life a million, time, a million times easier because there's only been one of those that's ever happened, right? One of those upsets. But then there's been a number yeah. of 15-2 upsets. And we'll get into this when we break this down region by region. But in the West there, I would say UNC Asheville may be, and, and now this is like taking all of this as a grain of salt because there's still all these 15 seeds are still 15 seeds. But I think UNC Asheville might be one of the scarier 15 seeds if you're a number two going in. Probably not to UCLA, but if they would have been paired with another number two seed somewhere else, I think maybe you sweat it a little bit more than you would some of the other 15 seeds, like a Colgate. Um, That's fair. I will say one more point on KU seeding and them being in the West. The fact that, A, A, and Seth Davis said this basically as soon as they announced Houston in the second bracket, he was like, whoa, like I don't see the case for them ahead of Kansas considering KU had, what, 17 Q1 wins this year Mm -hmm. and Houston didn't have anything close to that. Um, I I can see the merits of that debate. I'm not really going to get 
too worked up over it. Houston's a damn good team. It is what it is. Um, and they ended up, by them getting number two, they're going to play the Kansas City Regional. We're not. Uh, so that's what we lost from that. What what didn't sit well with me is when the head of the committee came on after the, the selection show and said that they took Bill Self's health into account in the seating. That's what the fuck disgusting. is that? Like, are you I mean, not hey, considering Marcus hey, Sasser? They, no, they said they're, they're, they were considering that, too. They were saying they consider injuries and all this stuff, and they even specifically mentioned, like, we talked about Bill Self's availability with Kansas. That's bullshit. Well, they, hold, think, hold on. I hold think on. it's bullshit even with injuries, but with the coach? I Well, I kind of see where they're – I mean they, – He's going to coach. Well, and Norm okay, Roberts, yeah. and we look just fine under Norm Roberts from the games he's coached. Like it, they, that's that's completely well, unfair okay, to the team. Hold on, if you want to rank us below Houston, I mean, we won four or five games with with Norm Roberts this year, and we got blown out by Texas, just like we got blown out by Texas under Self in the last game okay. of the regular season. Let's say, let's say, what was it? A va- let's say Bill Self has another vascular event on the plane <laughs> to fuck. Where's the West? Is that in? Uh, uh, we're playing Las in Vegas. Des Moines for the first, the first. Oh, round. Des Moines, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, on the on the bus ride to Des Moines, <laughs> he has another <laughs> vascular event. Do you not lose? Like, even if it's one percent confidence, do you not lose one percent confidence in? I mean, in sure, PU but basketball? that's not how we're. I, I, sure, but that's not how they should be being ranked. They, they're being ranked on what they've accomplished. Yeah, you cannot say fucking Houston's resume touches them. Uh, probably not, but also they're all number one seeds. I mean, yes, you have technically your overall seeding one, two, three, four, but does that really matter in the end? I don't think so. Yeah, uh, again, yeah, you get my... you get a tougher draw in the rest of your region because of that. But uh, fuck it, a, a, a two seeds, a two seed, a one seed for the most part is a one seed. I mean, if y'all would they put a put Texas at a two seed with y'all still if uh, if y'all were the overall one, Sam. I'm sorry. What do you? What do you? If mean? you guys were over, so Texas is the two seed in Houston's bracket. Yeah. Would they have kept them there, probably, or is that one of those no. where they? Yeah. So I think they have to move them around, and they're they're not bound to like having say the the best two seed play the worst one seed exactly. Like they they kind of just use that flexibility to avoid conference <laughs> matchups and shit like that. So. No, it probably would have been honestly UCLA in our region then, or maybe Arizona or something like that. But if if that's, KU... that's really not my gripe, I just think the fact that they, I, I think Bill Self's health should just quite not frankly be not have involved. been considered. Yeah. And I think you can make the same argument for player injuries, like you said, Colin Marcus Sasser. I, I don't think they should be punished seating wise because he's hurt, and we don't know if he'll be fine in the opening weekends. But if you're gonna do one. You, you you base it with the players who are on the court, and in my opinion, you shouldn't be basing anything on that. You're basing it off of what the teams did. Yeah, not, no, I, I agree 100%. It's you know, what your accomplishments how's Bill's, are. Uh, EKG looking today? <laughs> yeah, uh, fucking who cares about Sasser's health? Like, all that matters is for Vegas. Weird scenario. Decipher. Not a weird scenario, but I'm just kind of curious what Sam thinks. Uh, if KU wins that last game against Texas in the uh, Big 12 championship, uh, KU probably leapfrogs Houston, I think. You, they say that the yeah. uh, the conference tournaments don't really matter in the seeding, but I think that's enough to jump them to the you know the overall number two seed or the number two, number one seed. And I think that, prob- that maybe bumps Texas down to a number three seed. 
I kind of doubt it. Maybe it's possible. I mean, it's it's they're right on that that fringe. Like it's hard to say, but because uh, Texas I, was I think in KU number, could Texas have been was, the number one overall if they had beaten Texas, but they they blew the chance to do it. So that's the way it goes. Texas was in number one to, number one seed talks. You know, not the top overall seed, but number like one seed yeah. talks over Purdue because of that last win over KU. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, that's we're, we're going to continue talking about this. We're going to jump into the main topic tonight, which just is our March Madness preview blowout, uh, where we're going to kind of go region by region and talk about uh, who we like, what we think about the seeding, who's overseeded, who might be underseeded, upsets we like, who's maybe got a tougher matchup that you didn't see coming. So let's let's get straight into the South, uh, your number one overall seed and your number one seed in the South, Alabama. Uh, actually, we should talk about the first four, but do we really care enough to talk about the first four? Uh, the 11 seeds, yeah. I mean, we don't well, have to talk okay. about the six let's talk, let's talk, before we get to the regions, let's talk about the first four. So uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, uh, Southeast Missouri State. I made some money this year with Southeast Missouri State, so... I made no. money on their title game, I believe, as well, which oh, was a fucking sweat like a motherfucker. Yeah. They nearly got buzzered in regulation on a fucking three-quarter court pass to fucking ruin their day, but luckily the dude stepped on the line. I have absolutely no opinions about that game because neither of those teams seem like anything I would give a shit about. Oh, yeah. No, I don't give Same. a shit about either play in 16 game. It's the 11 okay. seeds that are actually decent. Uh, Texas Southern and FDU give me fairly Dickinson because I've rooted for them and they've made the they've made the uh, tournament in the past. So give me fairly Dickinson there. But okay, the 11 seeds, Mississippi State and Pittsburgh. You have an SEC ACC matchup. Who do you guys like in that one? Um, you know Pittsburgh's been a little streaky. They can shoot. They they fucked me uh, earlier in the year. Uh, by hitting a fucking school record threes, of course, in a game I bet against them. I mean, they got boat raced by Duke in their tournament, but that could be more so of a sign of Duke looking good. Mississippi State is, I would say that the uh, SEC had better like basketball year than the ACC. So I think Mississippi State's probably played the harder games. Um, they did get waxed by Bama, so I mean both of the in their tournament, but they did get a win. I could see Mississippi State pulling that out. Uh, they are, you know, slight odds favorites, and I think they are probably just more. They have more individual talent on their team. I think Pittsburgh relies on a. I think it's Blake Hinson quite a bit across the board. Couldn't tell you so, anything about either of those teams, but they do sound like either one of them. I would be perfectly happy. They're like those teams that you, you look at their name, you look at what they've done this year, just in terms of kind of overall record and, and who they've beat this year. Like, you know, I'd be perfectly happy with having either one of those teams in the tournament this year, you know? Yeah. Pittsburgh does have a, a top quality uh, center name, though, and Federico Federico. Oh. But uh, Blake Henson's their main guy for scoring and i'm pretty sure either assists and rebounds so when they got boat raced by a fucking duke he had like five points no bounds nothing so unless he's hurt that i missed i mean if he stalls out they stall out so that could be bad i think mississippi state's a bit more balanced and then uh, we go over to the other 11 which is going to end up in the west so yeah whoever wins mississippi state pittsburgh has to take on 
Iowa State first round, so that's a tough matchup, you know, making that your uh, second game, you know, having to play that extra game. Tough matchup against Iowa State. But in the West, you have Arizona State and Nevada who will have to take on, who is that, where am I? Uh, TCU, which is probably the tougher matchup there. I would rather take on Iowa State than TCU at this point. Yeah, um, that one I would say I really like Arizona State. They have been a bit streaky outside of getting just, I mean, they beat Arizona, I think, maybe. At, it's at a down Arizona. year. It's a big down year for Arizona overall, as we've come to find out. But also, I think I think uh, Arizona State has a chip on their shoulder from all those years of being the little brother in terms of basketball, you know? They've, or maybe yeah, they've definitely had some, some they definitely had some good wins. They, they have definitely just been pretty streaky on the year. They beat your boys Creighton earlier on this year. Um, they beat Arizona at home. Wasn't that no? Didn't Arizona beat Creighton? Uh, what? Yeah, the, I said Arizona State beat Creighton. No, it didn't Arizona. I thought that was Arizona. Yeah, like the Arizona Wildcats beat. Uh, yeah. I'm staring at Arizona State beat Creighton seventy three to seventy one. I believe in Hawaii. That was Arizona? at Maui, but I was thinking it was. Oh fuck! You're right. Why was I thinking that was Arizona? Oh, well. I don't know. I'm like looking at the schedule right now. They were highly ranked at the time. I remember that because, you know, but whatever. Yeah, Arizona State just sort of got slogged up in fucking uh, Pac-12 play, just being inconsistent. Uh, they have plenty of good wins under their belt. I think they're the better team. I don't think Nevada's really – they had Nevada sitting at a nine seed up until the last <laughs> few, like week or so. What state is so that? They, no, no, fuck off. <laughs> uh, but they they blew some tight games late towards the end of the year. I think they sort of spiraled while Arizona State isn't spiraling as much. Like they're more on an upward trend other than getting beaten up by Arizona in the Pac-12 tournament. So I think they probably cruise past Nevada. Yeah. All right, so let's okay. Now let's get to where I was going, where we jump into the South region with Alabama, your one seed in the South, and your number one overall. Uh, famously lost to Oklahoma, the Sooners, under Porter Moser this year. Uh, who wants to go first on the South? Who do you like? You know what upset steal? You know let, let's let's start with um, what's your favorite one or two matchups from the South region? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll jump in here. So I, I do like uh, Missouri-Utah State has my attention. I've kind of liked following Mizzou this year. Dennis Gates has brought them back to relevance pretty immediately since taking over. Utah State has had a pretty respectable season as well. I believe Utah State is actually the Vegas favorite in this one, despite uh, being the 10 seed to Missouri's 7. I'm not sure I, even, I necessarily agree with that assessment, so I might end up on Missouri. But I think that that's an intriguing matchup. Could go either way. And I also do like uh, Maryland-West Virginia. I think that's going to be an interesting game. And that is also, as I mentioned to you before the episode, Dylan, that is the very first game of the tournament on Thursday morning, which I feel tends to sometimes be a bit of a letdown or not the most exciting matchup. I do think that one will be pretty good, so I'm looking forward to diving into Maryland-West Virginia pretty early on. Um, and I'm not sure if they, they have what it takes to take down Alabama, but like you said, the very worst team in the Big 12 boat raced the Alabama Crimson Tide this year, so I wouldn't rule out some shenanigans <laughs> if West Virginia you know, shows up ready to play in, in that round two game. Something to watch out for. Yeah. Uh, my f- 
uh, let's see. I, I totally agree with you on Maryland, West Virginia, uh, just because, uh, you know, eight, nine matchups are, tend to be good, but Maryland is having a little bit of a down streak. You know, they, they had that late season loss to Nebraska, whereas I feel West Virginia has more momentum going into this, but either way, uh, lots of fun there to be had in that game. This is also where Creighton is in the bracket as a number six seed against NC State. I'm fairly confident in that one. I'm not very confident with the way Creighton kind of finished out the season with a few ugly losses, uh, most recently to Xavier in the in the conference tournament. Uh, conference tournament. But uh, NC State is just another 11 seed out of a weak ACC where I think a lot of these ACC teams are overrated. Uh, while NC State obviously does have some talent and they're fairly well coached, I Creighton has all the talent there that they want if they can actually gain some moment, offensive momentum on the court. That's where their trouble is. They have a great defense. It's whether or not they can gain offensive momentum in those games. Um, as for actually Colin, what do you like for matchups? Um, I actually, I, I do quite like NC state here. Their defense isn't that great, but their offense was like second best in the ACC. And if, you know, that's the issue, if Creighton has to play catch up, we saw that that doesn't happen this year, uh, really, especially towards the uh, back end with them getting fucking shit on by Nova all that good stuff. They do have a couple, uh, you know, uh, NC state has a couple good scores. Uh, also top quality name Turquavion Smith is their like leading guy. And, uh, I think they're a pretty decent team. They're rebounding maybe where they struggle the most potentially against y'all. I will point out that Creighton has back to back big East defensive player of the year, Ryan Cockbrenner. Yeah, I but they they it's their guards that do a lot more of the damage. So if they don't have to, if they if it's more of him doing help defense, I, I'm less worried. Also, very low turnovers per game by uh, NC State, only nine and a half. Maybe maybe I'm wrong in that being low, but I'm pretty confident that is quite low for for college basketball. Yeah, that's pretty respectable. Creighton, yeah, not I was going to say a lot turnovers. of the other ones. Yeah, Creighton not uh, great on turnovers this year. So I could see them. I could that. I think that would be a really good game. I think NC State probably does come through on that. Um, my other one. Well, my other upset I have, and I have a question mark still by it because I'm not a hundred percent on pulling the trigger. But Charleston getting past San Diego State, I feel like they have a good chance to do that. Uh, Charleston has a pretty well balanced attack. They got six guys scoring like nine plus a game. Uh, five of those were at ten plus. So I think typically when those smaller schools have a pretty well balanced attack, they do better. I mean, outside of just you know the clear runs of like the, the single talent like Max uh, Asmus Amos whatever the fuck um, Asmus from like two years ago Asmus. Or was that last year? It was two years ago. That's right. Like, like when St. Peter's played really well, it was, I mean, Edie, or not Edie, Edie, Eddard was like, I feel like the face of that, but that was because they all played really well. He's sitting on the sidelines this year. Bryant, high 100s in the, in the net rankings. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him. He, what he, isn't that where the head coach got hired? I have no from clue. St. Peter's. No, he got hired to Seton Hall. 
Oh, Gunner just isn't oh. cut for Seton Hall. No, he's not okay. cut for Big East play. But uh, yeah, I at least get him leaving after his coach left. Um, so I think those are the upsets I'm eyeing. I uh, man, th- this it. I think that's probably the most chalky quadrant I have is seeing Bama and Arizona play each other. You you had mentioned. I want to go back real quick. You had mentioned. Charleston, San Diego State. I was about to say, oh yeah, it seems to me like San Diego State is one of the weaker five seeds. But then you go look at the other five seeds, and I can't really say that. There, there's like three that I don't think are great, and then one that I feel all right about. But we'll get into that as we go. I, I think I think San Diego State seems to me, you know, coming off of a season last year where I believe they were the last team in the regular season to lose a game. Uh, they seem like a weak five seed this year. Yeah, no, I, I just think top to bottom is sort of really tough. I mean, you had just from overall seeding standpoints, one through eight was tough to get there. I mean, I feel like each little grouping of two, like like of eight was tough seeding setups. So I, I feel like this is a year where there's a lot of seeding that's a lot more questionable than usual, you know? So I think San Diego State played, you know, played their normal, what their Mountain West played Mm -hmm. decent, but not as good as previous years. I feel like could be wrong on that, but I don't think they played as consistently good as they have in the past when they've been sort of that outside uh, run for a team. So I could see them getting upset in the the first round there, but I definitely don't see them probably – I, I have Virginia written down to go through. That's sort of another intriguing matchup just because Furman's really high scoring for their for the year, so they could be a problem with Virginia because Virginia's not a good scoring team. Never have been. They're a defensive and slow, meticulous team. And uh, I could see that being an issue, but I don't see San Diego State making it out of the first weekend. All righty. Uh, do either one of you have any last words on the South region? Uh, I almost want it to be chalk at the end. I, Bama, Arizona seems like it would be such a good game. And it's, like right. only, yeah. it's the only region that I really see that. I think Baylor at the three seed is a pretty, like, a pretty weak three seed. Uh, they've been very in- inconsistent on the year. I think three, four, and five seeds are all pretty weak in that side. Do you think Baylor's um, getting seeded just on name and history alone? I mean, and Big 12, I wouldn't say bias, but Big 12 strength alone as well. So yeah. I, I think it's a bit of that. Well, let's move over to the Midwest region. You know, we can compare this to the South region since we've already talked about the South region. But let's talk about the Midwest with your number one seed, Houston. Um I'm sure Sam's pissed that KU doesn't get to play a home game basically in Kansas City. But uh, Sam, what do you like about the Midwest region? Yeah, I am, uh, as, as we covered, just ever so slightly pissy about the whole Kansas City thing. Um, if I had to pick one one matchup that stands out to me that I'm excited for, or I'll pick two again this time, I would say Iowa State versus the winner of their first four game. They're going to face the winner, I believe, of, of Pitt and Mississippi State. I think that's going to be a damn good game. Iowa State is always kind of a team that I am intrigued to watch in March. They always just give KU a hell of a time, typically in the regular season. They're a program I have a lot of respect for out of the Big 12, and they have had sort of varying levels of success with some of their good teams going into the tournament. 
I think that game's going to be a toss up. It should be a good one. They play a lot of close games, um, and I'm just looking forward to it. And another one, I would say Texas A&M and Penn State, a couple of teams that strung together good runs in their conference tournaments, ended up as runner-ups today in their championship games. Um, Penn State definitely up there, intrigue moving in. Texas A&M really just had a, a quietly very good season. Um, and I think that should be a, a pretty damn competitive game there on the seven ten line as well to eventually play Texas. That's something to look out for is if you have Texas, assuming they get by Colgate, if Texas A&M handles Penn State, then you've got a little uh, old Big 12 in-state rivalry action, future SEC in-state rivalry action with Texas A&M and Texas in the second round. So I have, I have actually a lot to say about this region. I agree with you, Sam. On some of those games, I think Texas A and M Penn State's going to be a great game. I do, I do like Texas A and M more just because of the you know following Big Ten basketball this year. A lot of the struggles I've seen, I've seen Penn State have. Uh, I do think it's going to be fairly chalky with a couple, actually, really just one major exception. You know, I think Iowa State, Mississippi State, or Pitt has has a good chance of an upset. Um, I think Iowa does beat out Auburn. uh, Just Iowa has shown a lot of weaknesses and been fluky, especially when they've lost twice to Nebraska this year. But also Auburn, you know, the highlight of Auburn season, now great, this is a great highlight to have, but it seems like the highlight of Auburn season is that absolute blowout versus Missouri. So uh, they just, I don't, they don't seem like they have the consistency um, where they could they could show up and beat Iowa again, but I, I like Iowa as a slightly more consistent team. The upset to watch on this one, Drake. Uh, former Creighton assistant, now coaching Drake. They've had a lot of success this year. They've blown out certain teams. I think Drake is the upset to watch in this region versus Miami. I think Miami is overseeded. I think Drake is in a perfect position to make that first round upset. I think a big key in in that potentially happening it happening is if uh, Miami's uh, I don't know I don't know how to say that first name his last name was like Omir he got hurt in their uh, game against Duke like right away if he's not healthy I mean the dude was averaging thirteen and a half and nine point seven on rebounds like that's that's their guy in the paint and. I mean, they played Duke pretty close, but they were definitely like that was definitely a problem for them going forward. I could see that being a a key to Miami's fall there. Yeah, that's where Drake um, won't be able to keep up. They do not have like obviously they don't have a high major roster in terms of you know size makeup. Yeah, but they I I do like like their guard combo and DeVries and Penn I. Oh God, Penn transferred from somewhere from last year. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh no, he. I guess not. Maybe I have just been keeping an eye on Drake enough that his name, uh, being while being a degenerate, I recognize his name because I don't recognize him from Siena. But uh, he's pretty well rounded. I mean, twelve, roughly five and five as a guard at six foot is pretty good. I think the key is if they can get their rebounds in. Uh, which they have two guys averaging seven, you know, a game, which is quite nice. Six ten guy in Brody and uh, Samake fella six eight. So if they if they can uh, 
if losing out, if Omir doesn't play, I think Miami's in legitimate trouble there. And that sort of is reflected in the line that I doubt they expect him to play with Miami only being two and a half point favorites. Um, uh, Tucker, so I could see that happening. Tucker DeVries, by the way, is uh, coach's son. Darian DeVries. Ah, nice. Yeah. Um, I think another one that could happen as an upset would be Kent State beating out Indiana. <sighs> Indiana. So the key is you've been down uh, on Indiana all year, and I don't think it's been well placed. Uh, well, when I've been high on Indiana, it's also not been well placed. <laughs> so it's really a toss up of when I place something well. So that probably could be a good sign. Kent State is not a like a big team. I mean, their best rebounding average guy is getting five and a half a game. So that's not going to fly against Trace Jackson Davis in Indiana. I, so I do like think Indiana's probably pretty well equipped to beat Kent State, but Kent State was very good in in Maction this year, and I think they they could be good enough with uh, sincere carry carrying that team maybe through a streaky Indiana team. But that wouldn't well that one's close. If Mississippi State comes out of their side, I could see them beating Iowa State. Alrighty. Now Pitt does if Pitt comes out, I, I I probably flip on that. But Mississippi State I think is a, a danger to Iowa State getting to the next round. All right. Uh any any other mentions or last words on the Midwest? Um yeah, actually one, yeah, go ahead. One last thing for me, um circling back, you had mentioned Auburn, Dylan, and I kind of agree. I don't necessarily see Auburn pulling off a whole lot. Like you mentioned, they had sort of a mediocre year. I was on the wrong end of that Missouri blowout, so I, I did get to experience the, the highlight of their season with them. Um but one thing to note with Auburn is that they are playing their first and second round if you know, if they get out of the first round. They're playing those games in Birmingham, Alabama. So it is gonna be a very partisan crowd against Iowa and probably even against Houston if they advance into that second game. There's gonna be a lot of Alabama citizens that are, are uh, <laughs> fans of the blue and orange in that building. And that really only accounts for, you know, maybe a couple points of difference. But it's just something to keep an eye on is that it's essentially a home game for, for Auburn for those first two rounds. I was about to say, I think... Didn't even notice that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch that either. I, I It wasn't going to influence what I was about to say. I think there's a good chance that Iowa or Auburn can beat Houston if Sasser is still out. Oh, absolutely fucking not. Uh, I Especially, don't... oh, no, Iowa. No, no, okay, you know what? There's more chance to meet... Well, fuck, no, Iowa... I've watched enough Big Ten basketball to know that Iowa's kind of a, like... We joke about KU being a fraud. I do think Iowa basketball has been a fraud all year. Oh, for sure. No, I don't think they're that good. But when they have caught fire on shooting, holy fuck, have they gone ape shit? Maybe it's just that time. I mean, it is March. It's time to fucking catch fire or go the fuck home. And if they catch fire, there's not many teams that can keep pace with them. If Houston's without Sasser, that is definitely one of those teams that probably cannot keep pace. What, what are what are the odds I can get on whether or not Fran McCaffrey stares down another ref? Neg 400. I, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, all right. Any last words on the Midwest region? Nope, nope nothing. not really. Okay, let's move on to the West with Sam's own Kansas Jayhawks as the number one seed in the West region playing in Des Moines against Howard. 
Uh, and then you have Arkansas, Illinois also happening in Des Moines. We've already kind of mentioned uh, how we feel about Arkansas, Illinois. Um, obviously, Illinois is a good team. There are no really bad teams in this tournament. Um, but uh, we, we, I think we all think Arkansas is the, the more consistent and has the better team makeup, as we've said. They were, at one point in the season, a whether or not they were actually ranked top 10, they're a top 10 quality team. Uh, they had some consistency issues that, you know, kind of dropped them off of that. But I still think that they have a legitimate shot at moving on to the Sweet 16. But uh, what do you guys think about the West? Um, the bottom side of that bracket is going to be fucking chaos. Um, what, Gonzaga is not... You know, Gonzaga's good for Gonzaga, but they're not as good as previous Gonzagas, which means they're probably not that good. Um, TCU without Lampkin is severely handicapped, um, which could lead if, if this is another one where I say if Arizona State wins, there's a chance I could see Arizona State getting out of there. Uh, getting past tcu i i was I on mute how... i was on mute but i tried to say that same exact thing absolutely i agree with you 100 percent um i think a really inter- it could be a really boring game but i think it'll be an interesting game in some facets will be northwestern boise state i think north northwestern's a bit overseeded um I don't I think they played pretty decently, but they played really they well in Big Ten struggle. Play. Holy fuck, they were bad. I think a seven's about I actually think seven's about right for them. Yeah, Arizona State, the big thing is if if they get through, what's nice is you don't have to worry about shooting the three that well to beat TCU, because TCU does not shoot the three. So Arizona State is pretty decent. Um, fucking DJ Horn was sort of their guy for the beginning of the year, and now Desmond Cambridge has sort of been really good towards the back end. They have decent size on that team. Uh, they, I mean, as we said, they played Arizona pretty well twice this year. Beat them once. Granted, it was on a half court fucking heave, but like they played them well enough to be right there with them at Arizona, which is a two seed in this shit. So, I think Arizona State. May not be an overall dangerous team, especially if they... I think TCU could get past Gonzaga. I don't think Arizona State can, but I think Arizona State can get past TCU. You know what I like out of the... what I'm Just looking up and down this, this region again, what I really like is VCU over St. Mary's, Virginia Commonwealth. Yeah, I was looking at St. Mary's stuff as we we're speaking. I'm trying to compare... I'm trying to look at their like player stats and stuff. Because this VCU team is decent, but I feel like St. Mary's typically relies on being a pretty damn good defensive team. And uh, VCU is also a decent defensive team, but I don't know. St. Mary's typically, like also just like Gonzaga, doesn't have to really do much all year. And, I mean, they beat Gonzaga once this year. I, I, I think that'll be a very good game. It's a 7-10, which is always a pretty fucking tight game. VCU, so I see VCU is a making it through. Three and a half point underdog. I like that line. I would, uh, you know, I'll probably end up taking that. Uh, if it sticks around at three and a half, I like that. Yeah, no, I, I could see, I could see them getting through there. That, that I think is a really, a really tough matchup both ways. So 
I, I that line probably has value for VCU. I just don't know how to read it yet. I I, I did St. Mary's is probably somehow funny enough one of the least like the least I know about any team across the board. So yeah. Um, on one other thing, I want to mention on the West uh, before I let Sam, I guess, go over his thoughts. We haven't heard from him yet. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, they're paired with what might be the toughest two seed. I guess Texas is also a two seed. UCLA and Texas are, are tied for the toughest two seed in my mind. Uh, UNC Asheville, I think, is one of the stronger 15 seeds we have here. Unfortunately, they're playing UCLA, which doesn't give them much of a chance. But I would put a non-zero chance at upset alert there. Oh, UCLA Not likely. had some injuries right at the end of the season right. with some of their main guys that could be bad for them. Um, I did watch a bit of UNC Asheville uh, during their tournament, and they're led by... Uh, former Tennessee guy, so that I mean means he has decent pedigree. Uh, what Drew Pember is his fucking name, I believe. Sounds familiar. They they were getting all the teams they were playing in a shit ton of foul trouble, which you know with the smaller schools, you know you don't know how well they'll be disciplined. But UCLA is a well disciplined team, but I'm pretty sure. They said, what, Jalen Clark and Adem Bona are the two guys that got hurt for UCLA. So, I mean, when you're down two heavy role players, that's huge. That's, the, you know, that could stir enough for that shit. Um, big thing is UCLA is quite, uh, you know, quite well coached. UNC Asheville was averaging fucking 14 turnovers a game. They can get pretty fucking streaky. Um, it just depends on, they shot pretty well. They had two guys shooting over 42% on the year from three with decent amount of threes. So that's always an equalizer as well. So it, it just, we'll, we'll see how those injuries for UCLA play out for them for the tournament. So Sam, you've been awfully quiet for the West, seeing that Kansas is the number one seed in this region. What are your thoughts on the region as a whole or specific specifics? Well, I think the region as a whole, as we've covered, is pretty loaded. There's a lot of intriguing teams on basically every seed line. Uh, I wouldn't say we necessarily got the hardest of all the teams on all these lines, but you could make an argument that UConn could be the best four, UCLA could be the best two. Uh, honestly, Gonzaga at a three seed is, is you know, probably probably fair for them. Um, I I am a little bit like suspect of the second round matchup with Arkansas for us. I think that'll be a close game. Like you compared it to us running into Creighton last year and pretty much them giving us all we had. Um, Colin, your prophecy of Iona waxing Kansas is not uh, completely (laughs) implausible given, given how this bracket shook out. It would be to get Iona into the elite eight if that did end up (laughs) happening. But uh, if they go through UConn and then one of the mid majors in St. Mary's and VCU, then boom, they're waiting on the other side for whoever comes out of KU, Howard, Arkansas, Illinois. So, you know, very possible we could end up seeing that matchup play out. I'd certainly sign up for Kansas versus Iona in the Sweet 16 if that's what's uh, what's in the cards for us. Um, I agree with you guys. TCU's vulnerable. Uh, without Lampkin, the, the offensive rebounding's taken a hit. Like you said, Colin, they're not a good three-point shooting team, which really opens the door for any team to get hot and kind of put up points that TCU can't keep up with. Um, 
Northwestern, I'm intrigued to see how they end up looking. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Northwestern still has never won an NCAA tournament game. Uh, so that, that'll be pretty big and significant for them if they can even just handle business against Boise State. And then I'd love to see them take out UCLA too, but that seems a little optimistic. Overall, I think it's going to be an exciting region, a lot of competitive games uh, through each round. And I'm just hoping that KU somehow is the team that's still standing at the end of the day. Okay, quick question. Who do we think wins? Keeping in mind, they're not in the in the in March Madness this year. They're not in the NCAA tournament this year. Who wins a tournament game first, Nebraska or Northwestern? I'm saying Northwestern's going to get it done this week. Yeah, Nebraska also has never won in an NCAA I, uh, tournament oof. game. They've made they've made multiple appearances. They have never won one. I don't think y'all make another tournament for at least another year or so if if Northwestern keeps up their momentum even if they lose this year they have a better chance of returning next year to try again probably completely correct to be completely honest so uh let's move from okay we've done south midwest west let's move over to the east where i think i think the committee has gotten a lot wrong um, I just want to mention real briefly, I think Tennessee is underseeded. I think they deserve to be a three seed. Um, and I think Marquette is by far the weakest two seed of all the regions. And I think uh, Vermont, I th- <laughs> has Vermont played, maybe not upset, but played as a difficult 15 seed in a recent history or am I just, I don't know. I think shit? this is fourth. I think I, I watched the end of the, I watched the end of their game did they play this morning? No, they played Saturday morning against UMass Lowell. And uh, I believe they said it was their fourth straight appearance. So right. I can't remember if they've had been like good in those games. I'm looking up their history. I remember them from a few years ago having a good, uh, good sort of big, but I don't recall... I, I or do. maybe it's the first time they've returned in four years. Maybe I misheard that. They, I'm looking at they lost to Purdue in 2017 in the first round, 80 to 70. Uh, I'm not seeing what that they were seated at. Well, does it's not that big of a deal. There's lots I don't like in this bracket or in, in this in this portion of the bracket, this region. Uh, obviously, Purdue was the last one seed. Um, I think Purdue should breathe a lot easier if Texas Southern wins that play-in game. Um, I think they have a little bit to worry about versus Fairleigh Dickinson. Obviously, nothing, you know, it's a one versus a 16. It should be pretty straightforward. Uh, Memphis, FAU. I think FAU does win that one uh, just because they're kind of a dangerous team. You know, Memphis is coming back into the fold after a few years of not having quite the success, the success they wanted during the regular season uh, in the past couple of years. And then we get into Duke, which is a major upset alert from Oral Roberts there. I've already mentioned how I feel about Tennessee. And then, like I said, Marquette, by far, I believe, the weakest two seed in the entire bracket. But I want to hear what you guys have to say. All right, let me chime back in just because I I don't know what the fuck ESPN was showing me on Vermont. Vermont lost to Arkansas last year in the first round, 71-75 to as a 13 seed. Uh, they lost to Florida State in 2019 as a 13 seed again, only by seven. Like they tend to play these teams close when they've made the tournament, 
Granted, they're, this is the worst seeding they've had since uh, 2012. But, you know, Marquette, the Big East was a really tough conference to They beat the shit out of each other. At, like the, I mean, like yeah, the Big 12, they, they just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, so that makes it a little harder to read on how good Marquette is. Um, I do agree they're probably the weakest two seed for sure. Oh, I th- I think, hands down the weakest two seed. I think that's the— If you exclude UCLA's injuries and take UCLA as the team they were coming into the tournament, easily. I think that's um, the most likely upset from a 215 is is Marquette-Vermont. So I, I, I do like FAU. They played a pretty well-rounded, like— I'm pretty sure four or five of like their guys were putting up about ten points I mean, a game. FAU's a good but team. Memphis is yeah, Memphis though had a pretty damn good, like decent year. They had two players with over fifteen a game. Uh they play a pretty depth, like deep team. They they had nine guys with sixteen plus minutes a game. Uh they did turn the ball over a bit. They had thirteen point six a game. And defense wasn't their strong suit. They just they score and they score a shit ton and they score pretty fucking efficiently, especially for uh, they're the American, right? They had the highest field goal percentage in points per game in there. So Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams are sort of the keys to how far they go. So I could see them doing pretty well, but it doesn't mean Florida Atlantic couldn't pull something off. Um, it just depends. Florida Atlantic did like lose to UAB at least once uh, during the year, potentially at home. I can't remember what that game, how that game was, but they're not infallible, obviously, either. Um, I get what you're saying with Tennessee potentially being underseeded, but Tennessee also lost to their starting point guard uh, right there at the end of the se- season uh, in Ziegler. And I feel like their team... When he was, when I was watching them a couple times, and he was either in foul trouble and not playing, or I guess maybe even hurt at that time, they struggled to move the ball really well. Um, and they're they're defensively very good. It'll be interesting. Louisiana has a it was averaging like eighty points a game, so I could see Louisiana. It, it's one where I doubt it happens, but if Louisiana scores up, like if the defense from Tennessee doesn't stop Louisiana, can Tennessee keep up? And that's I feel like how most of those games in the with the lower seeds nowadays go in the first round if they're going to win. It's not a lot of buzzer beaters the last few years. I feel like it's more of they start strong and they hold on. Got to get out ahead of them, right? Sam, what do you feel about the East region? I would highlight what I would probably consider at first glance the most exciting matchup of the entire first round in Duke versus Oral Roberts. Oral. Uh, Oral. Yeah. Everybody, you know, America's team. America (laughs) is going to be Team Oral this weekend, no doubt. It kind of bums me out, I guess, to, to some extent that they drew Duke because Duke is red hot right now. I was worried. I was texting you guys as the selection show was shaking out that Duke was going to end up being like the five seed or the four seed in KU's region. And I was not looking to run into them in the sweet 16 because they're just playing really well right now. Their talent's kind of coming together and they're a scary team at the moment in my eyes. So I'm a little bummed that I think ORU has a pretty tough matchup for that first round. And I think ORU is capable of a lot, 
They obviously have guys who are just going to be exciting for uh, any sort of tournament Cinderella. They have Max Aismith still, who's an elite shooter. They have Vanover, who is seven foot five. So it's it's exciting to see what ORU is going to be able to do against Duke, and I'm I'm looking forward to that game above all else. They had a, a, obviously a great team two years ago, and I think that team is only better this year. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing that Duke would have had in their favor against any small schools is Height and Philip Philipkowski uh, or how the fuck you say his name. They don't have that with Oral. Um, so I, I do actually. I, I think maybe Duke fall, you know, falls into their earlier season woes. I have Oral moving on there in a nice little twelve thirteen seed matchup in their second game. Uh, so I, I I do like Oral there, uh, Duke. You know, if they're red hot enough, they'll take care of business. Um, I mean, I think it reflects sort of how Vegas respects Oral Roberts. Duke's only six-point favorites there. And I think that's just a – it's a tough matchup for both teams, but I could see Oral Roberts moving on at least. I could see them making it into the Sweet 16 again. They have sort of a favorable draw – if they get past Duke, even if Tennessee wins, I think Tennessee could have trouble with them. I think legitimately Duke is probably maybe the team of, of like all the power teams, higher seeded teams that is probably most sweating the draw that they just got in Royal <laughs> Roberts. And I also think that ORU, as far as like some of the, the mid majors that are ready to punch up, I feel like they also got about as bad a draw as they could have just in terms of how these teams are playing right now. So I think it's going to be a bit of a, a weirdly heavyweight fight between a huge brand and the tiny school out of Tulsa. Um, and I, I'm just very excited to see how that one shakes out. And I'm obviously big time supporting Oral Roberts. I do want to highlight two other upsets I see in this region. Um, first of all is I like USC over Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, uh, towards the end of their Big Ten conference play was seeming to struggle. Um, Nebraska played him really close in the first half before Tom Izzo did his thing and ran away. I will say they're probably coached better than USC, but I do think USC has a lot more talent and maybe had fewer struggles. Now, granted, in potentially a weaker conference slate. The other one I like, and I like this one less, but I still think there's upset, like real tangible upset potential is Providence over Kentucky. Like I said, Big East, very strong conference. They all beat the shit out of each other. Fortunately, in a lot of cases, Providence got the shit end of the stick. Kentucky, we also are on record as calling them complete frauds. Um, and I I, I mean, I, they probably deserve six seed, but I think Providence could make a really strong case against them. I mean, look at their – they have the exact same records, and I think Providence probably played better against better competition than Kentucky. Also, can, uh, I don't think Kentucky has the same excuse that uh, fucking Providence has. Oh, I could be wrong. I'm looking. Severe Wheeler, I guess, missed some time. But I know Jared Bynum missed a couple important games for Providence. Uh, I would say back like th- three quarters of the season. It was only a couple games, but they're big games against. I'm pretty sure they might have played Creighton or Nova that they lost. Um, they without lost him. Creighton twice. So probably so there's a, I'm pretty sure he was out for one of those. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Jared Bynum. Yeah, that looks right. Um, 
that's just a well-coached team that we know to be a problem in the tournament with what it's Ed Cooley's their head coach, right? The one with the fucked up hair. That's correct. Um, (laughs) And I think these guys, I recognize these Providence guys' names, so I'm pretty sure we got a pretty veteran squad against Kentucky, who Kentucky is, you know, pretty damn good. They got Shibway, who has fucking 16 and 13 on the season. But they are not without their struggles. I, I, it, it's almost going to be, I think, a five on five. Kentucky, funny enough, has I think a, just a touch more depth than Providence. So it, it could be who gets in foul trouble first to fold. And I don't think either of them are above that. Providence, Providence is a tough eleven seed just because they struggled a bit more during the year in some big games. So. I could see that being a win for uh, with Providence to get by, though. Yeah. Any last words on the East specifically? Nope. This is a. I, I feel like a wide open, wide open quadrant there yeah. for sure. So I'm going to ask each of you. Um, you have to from from the entire bracket. You have to pick one upset. Who is your? What, what do you? What is your favorite potential upset from the entire bracket? Colin, you go first. Fuck from the entire like from the entire first round. My favorite. Yeah, sorry, the first round. Yes, only the first round. Round of round of sixty four. Okay. Well, shall we all just take Oral Roberts off the board since that's a consensus one? I don't care. It could be your favorite. Um, I I think. Ah, sorry. So let's let's say biggest upset that you think is very likely. So like we all agree okay. on Oral. We wouldn't probably say it's the biggest upset that maybe each of us see. Fuck. I think it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be Louisiana for me right now. Kent State, uh, well, as I said, I think there's a couple 11 seeds that are in play-in games gotta that pick could one. be a question mark. Gotta but I'm going to, fuck it, I'm going to go, uh, did I just, which one did I just say? Louisiana. I just, Louis, uh, fucking, mm, fuck that, Charleston. Charleston, final answer. I think they match up well. Okay, Charleston versus SDSU. Sam, what is your what do you think would be the biggest upset that you personally see as plausible in this tournament? Biggest upset that I see as plausible, I I would say and you touched on slightly with uh, Marquette and Vermont, Ooh, uh, that would be a, a bit of a stretch. I I'd say picking one other a little more plausible, still a bit of a stretch is going to be actually Kennesaw State, the 14 over Xavier. You know, Xavier's a little banged up. They don't have Zach Fremantle. I know they're a good team. You never know what's going to happen, though, in Kennesaw State. You know, they won some some close games to close out their conference tournament. Uh, I, I just I think they've got a shot. Damn, Sam out here picking the, the huge upsets. Uh, I'm just going with, and I mentioned this earlier, I'm just going with Drake over Miami. I think it's a really hot and very, very talented Drake team versus an overrated Miami team. Um, I feel like a lot of people are looking down on Drake, but uh, those of us in the Great Plains who maybe have kept a little tighter eye on what's happening in Des Moines at Drake see that there might be something very special happening there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run. I'm not necessarily going to bet on them to make a run, but it's definitely plausible that they make a little bit of a run with that Indiana-Kent State matchup should they move on to the second round. So... Um, from that, uh, any, any last words on the final, uh, uh, sorry, the NCAA tournament as a whole last words. 
No. Nope. All right, let's move on to Colin's capping corner. I don't know what Colin's going to do this week, uh, if he's going to have anything special for us or if it's going to be business as usual, but let's go to it. Uh, we're going to throw a wrench in it because I know we sort of had lighter weeks. Well, y'all had lighter weeks on gambling. Even I may have had them. Um, So goods may be, uh, well, I know we didn't record, so we can't even like our last week's to hold off for this episode. So it's a little funky on like having the stated ones, whether it was like a snooker bet that you get to rub it in our faces, Uh, but you don't get to do that. So Let's you know, let's try and exercise some demons going into the tournament. We're going to skip over good unless you really want to suck yourself off. But <laughs> I don't have any good. I, I had good bets, but I don't have any that are as memorable as the bad and the ugly this week. Um, so Sam, what do you what do you have from the past week or so that you need to exercise from you before we get into March Madness? Yeah, I'm just going to take a moment to. Um admonish myself for last Saturday's performance, which you could call bad or ugly, just depending on uh, <laughs> you know how you want to look at it. Either is a pretty good descriptor where I thought, you know what would be a good strategy today is taking three road underdogs on the opposing program's respective senior nights. Uh, and so I went out and I took Kansas State to win in Morgantown at West Virginia. I took Tennessee to win in Auburn, Alabama. <laughs> and I took my beloved Kansas Jayhawks to go out there and put a nail in the coffin of the Big 12 Conference at Texas in Austin. And uh, somewhat unsurprisingly, none of those came true. K-State couldn't handle West Virginia. Tennessee couldn't keep up with Auburn without Zakai Ziegler. And Texas put KU in their place in Austin before doing it again a week later in Kansas City. Um, so I went a clean 0-3 on the last day of the college basketball season to really kind of summarize the betting season I had on college basketball in general. Not great. <laughs> Ugly. All right, Dylan, you got a little more. Uh, what do you have to exercise? Yeah, so, you know, uh, in, in the month of February, Nebraska ball very, very hot. Went five and one in the month of February, you know, upsetting a lot of teams that nobody really expected. So I figure, all right, they have a lot of momentum going into the conference tournament. And you know what? They draw an 11 seed, which, you know, sounds pretty low, which and it really is for the Big Ten. But uh, for Nebraska, that's incredible. They're not last or second to last in the conference for the first time since Fred Hoiberg's be- Fred Hoiberg has been coach. Uh, so I figure, okay, they're going to take on Minnesota. They have it. Uh, they come out, and they look like they've never played basketball before in their lives. And to be fair, neither did Minnesota. But somehow Minnesota ekes that one out. Uh, that was some of the worst. I actually watched uh, part of that game. That was some of the worst basketball I've seen in my entire life at the college level. And uh, I, I had I had Nebraska with the, sp- uh, with the spread as five-and-a-half-point favorites. They lost by three. But that's not the ugly. The ugly is actually, as a whole, slightly better, but feels worse. So let's go back to, I picked Michigan State um, as one and a half. This this is a three-pick parlay. Uh, sorry, an eight-point teaser. So I had Michigan State plus one and a half, Creighton as four-point favorites, and Wake Forest as nine-point underdogs. Uh, so Michigan State, uh, one so they that hit uh, then Creighton uh, won by 14 against DePaul so that hurt that, that hit and then what hurt me 
was Wake Forest won, or no, lost, sorry, lost by exactly nine. And since with this particular sports book, since I took an eight point teaser, which was the highest teaser available to me, a push counted as a loss. And so that is my ugly because that I hate pushes and I hate, especially when pushes counted as a loss. Yeah, that, that was, that was tough. That's, that's one where each little fucking rule set can fuck you here and there. And that's why I, when you asked, I was not confident on that. Uh, all right. So going to me, we're just going to touch up on, all right, we'll go bad. It won't be basketball this week. Uh, more so ugly covers basketball much better. My bad was actually UFC last night. Um, was at the wedding, had a headphone in during the, the reception because uh, Kendall was off taking pictures. And she actually had just walked up to me, started talking to me in between pictures. And I had a Rafael Asuncao money line at plus like 125. Uh, and he is winning his fight probably up two rounds to nothing. About a minute and a half left. He's probably winning that third round. He's wrestle fucking this dude. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was a, a cool performance to watch, but I was like, all right, cool. That should be money. Uh, he goes for a takedown on the guy. The guy grabs the ever living fuck out of the cage, which if your fingers go into the cage, it's illegal, especially when it stops a takedown. Uh, the ref stood him up, took a point from that dude. And instead of putting him back in the position they were about to be in, which is also sort of common practice, he stood him back up because he said, I already took the point, so I'm not going to put you back in that position. Sure enough, motherfucker got not, uh, well, he got knocked down and then choked out in the last like 30 seconds of the fight. <laughs> in a fight he was win- going to probably win 30 27 on, but he got caught out, and uh, that was just real tough. Kendall, uh, I looked down, I looked up to talk to Kendall for a moment. And then I just hear the announcer start yelling, and I look down, and sure enough, the dude I bet on is unconscious. So, quick question: That it, was real tough. Is there going to be any UFC for us to watch after March Madness? Like, because that's oh, the one time God. of year I get to watch UFC. I actually think you guys are in town for good UFC Ooh. too. I think it's a. I, it, it means it'll be on my laptop properly, probably because it's a UFC 286. It's a pay per view event, so. I will definitely be watching that. That's March 18th. Yep, that is that's actually a really good eh, that's a really good title fight. I don't I haven't looked at the undercard yet, but it's a pay-per-view fight which typically means they try to make it worth a shit on the undercard as well to draw you in. So, yes, I will be watching some UFC that week for sure. It's early too since it's in London, so I'll be watch it starts at noon. Ooh. Um going to ugly I will start with, I believe, the first round of the Big Ten tournament was Wisconsin against Ohio State. Uh, Both dog shit teams, but I thought Ohio State was more dog shit than Wisconsin because they had made me money betting against them a couple times this year. Though They did burn me, I think, against Illinois at the end of the year, and you actually advised against that, but I stuck to my gun, said they were still bumfuck pieces of shit. (laughs) And uh, bet on Wisconsin, and Wisconsin, unfortunately, won the bum fight, lost me my money line. Uh, 
so that was tough. Ohio State actually played pretty decent in the tournament, getting, I think, to, I don't think they got to the semis, but they at least won two games as dogs. So that was, they burned me in that one as well because I bet against them and against Iowa as well. But my other one was from yesterday, which I also texted you guys during the wedding, and that was Grambling, neg three and a half. They proceeded to lose to the only team in the tournament that has a losing record. What time does that game start? Um, you know, ESPN said 4.30 after initially saying, I believe, 4 p.m. So I believe it started sometime around 4.30. They <laughs> Punctual as always. Um, but they lost to Texas Southern, who was entering that 13-20, and 20, probably won two games to get to that final. So we're probably 11-20 and 20 entering, the, entering that tournament game. And had lost to Grambling, I believe, twice previously, both by double digits, at home and away. So I thought that was going to be way easier money than it was to lose. So that was real. Uh, that that one gets the fugly qualifier. I don't even think that goes ugly. Uh, that was that was a bad time. But I I know we have been discussing all the games today, and we have discussed a bit of the stuff. I don't know how much you guys have looked at the odds. Do you guys have any bets already that you want to place for this weekend or have placed after looking briefly today? Sam, do you have anything yet? Um, yeah, you know, I think I'd be willing at this point in time probably to commit at least to a unit on NC State money line against Creighton. Oh, fuck uh, off. Plus yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just these decent value on the odds there. Um, I'm, I'm taking, you know, a quick gander down this list. I'll probably end up on ORU plus 220 against Duke, but I don't love the value there. I just kind of want to be a part of it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I do think Charleston plus 177 is pretty good value as well, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to do some deeper dives on all of these and obviously have some picks ready to go when the, when the round comes around. Oh, no worries. I know this one. you got got to be able to do some due diligence in researching your mid-majors, especially as we fill out brackets. So I know there will be more bets as time comes through. Dylan, what do you do? You have anything ahead of ahead of schedule? Uh, no, because I've only really looked up one, but I do like that uh, Virginia Commonwealth three and a half because I think they win that one up outright. So I'll be looking there. Uh, but I do want to announce to keep an eye out on our Twitter for my bets. So I want to take um, so round of sixty four. I'm going to take four sixteen leg parlays at one unit each, and if the team is the uh, if the team i'm picking is the favorite i'm going to take the money line if they're the underdog i'm going to take the spread in these parlays so long as the book i use will let me so i will have four units total for a total for four uh 16 leg parlays and we're going to see if i can make any of them hit probably not but boy would it be cool if they do all right i cannot wait to type those fuckers out <laughs> Um, all right, going first round without committing too much yet. You know what? I'm, I'm going to play it safe. Actually, I'm just going to have two the two 11 seed first four games penciled in as bets. And I'm going to be taking, oh God, where is it? I'm going to take Arizona state money line at neg 120. I think that's good money. And then I'm going to take Mississippi state. 
uh, money line neg one twenty five both for a unit. Um, when once those sort itself themselves out, I will be probably dumping a large sum of money across the board for the first weekend. But to get ahead of it, I think those are my two plays so far that I'm locking in. All righty, Colin. If you want, you can go ahead and mark me down um, for a unit on Missouri money line as well, plus one hundred nine. Mizzou money line plus one hundred nine. All right, that's one I want to do some more research on. I will say I forgot to mention it earlier. Kansas State in their first round matchup against Montana State. I think they fucking boat race Montana State. Montana State does not play defense, does not shoot the ball very well, and does not have a bunch of fucking high scorers on their team. So I do not think they will be creating the scare Eastern Washington gave Sam a couple years back. Colin, if you had to pick a Keontae on K-State to do some damage to Montana State in that game, what might that Keontae's surname be? Um, I couldn't tell you, but I could tell you that Montana State's going to need some uh, heart-based health care after they get fucking run out of <laughs> the building. I think I got the right one. I believe that would be Keontae Johnson then. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> it, it, it's not the last names that it's matter. Just the it's one uh, with... whether I recall which one had a heart yeah, attack Yeah, it's just the one with not. the aorta problems apparently. A-E-D, aorta problems, hell yeah. <laughs> sure is. Aorta, but they don't. Whatever. <laughs> All right, what else? What else you got, Colin? Anything else? Nope, I, I will probably be, yeah, I, it's just keep an eye on the Twitter. I know I'll be betting a fuck ton. You are going to make me type out way too much shit at some point, and I assume Sam will be partaking quite heavily as well. All right. Any last words, gentlemen? Jayhawks dynasty is unfolding in front of our eyes. Bill Self's going to have another heart attack and die this time. Yeah, who has heart problems uh, first? Keontae (laughs) Johnson or Bill Self? Give me Bill Self. I don't care what the odds are. Probably Bill, but they, I like to think that the doctors are out in front of his problems now, and he's going he's gonna to have a nice, long coaching career in front of him. Yeah, maybe a long one. Can't say about nice. So, And that will conclude our Garbage Sports Opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter, at 3PlanesSB. That's at the number 3, P-L-A-I-N-S-S-B, to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet. And keep an eye out for future po- for future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember, quitters never win big, and big winners never quit. We're out of here.